1: Wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
2: ES Audio.
1: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm
0: John Weeks, and this is The Leader. (laughs) 2021 another year gone largely dominated by the coronavirus pandemic living with various restrictions and helping each other cope through tough times but we are taking a look at some of the things that have helped us through the past 12 months and proved to us that not even a pandemic can stop our arts and culture putting aside the infection data and headlines about political scandal instead the evening standards arts editor nancy Durrant is taking us back through what has happened. culturally this year and what 2022 has in store for us. First up, Nancy, it has obviously been another difficult year for everyone, but looking at the world of arts and culture, how do you rate 2021?
2: Well, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because nothing really happened in the first six months. I mean, not really. And so you couldn't exactly call it a vintage year, but I think there has been some great stuff. I mean, one thing to say though also is anyone getting anything creative done at all this year I think is a feat that really needs applauding (laughs) you know massive round of applause for all the artists of every kind just actually putting stuff out there that we could see and enjoy because I do feel quite strongly actually that it kind of kept us going So there were some nonsense, obviously, as there is every year, but there was also some really, really good stuff. And I think it's interesting, too, to think about what actually we wanted when we were able to get back into galleries and theatres and anything with a stage, because some of the more challenging, thorny work that had been being made in the years before the pandemic, which seems now like such a long time ago, maybe nobody was actually that equipped to cope With that kind of thing. I mean, I really didn't feel like being challenged very much. I really just wanted to be entertained and spend time in a room with people, enjoying the same thing, laughing at the same time, you know, being surprised in the same moment. So, what do you think will go down as the highlights of the year in the world of theatre? My highlights are probably a bit weird, but one of the things I've enjoyed the most this year was I went to see a play called 222, A Ghost Story, which absolutely not pretending to be anything other than what it was which was a really fun slightly silly slightly spooky kind of not who done it exactly but like a proper ghost story and it had a great cast including Hadley Fraser and Lily Allen in her West End debut and who turned out to be a very good actress I have to say and I think it was just you know it's all you wanted was to just sit there and be literally entertained and be a bit bit like oh scary you know when everything kind of came clear and people coming out of it were just so sort of happy and excited it was such a nice experience but then having said that you know i also went to see the normal heart at the national which is a play by larry kramer about the aids crisis and it was so interesting because it was it was actually in a way that something like angels in america isn't uh that's you know that's a play about the the AIDS crisis in America as well but this was more about the kind of conflict within the gay community and how to respond to it and I said I didn't realize that and I just thought that was such a kind of interesting insightful kind of eye-opening piece of work
0: now if we go from stage to screen what movies can 2021 be
2: proud of there was kind of some great movies power of the dog with Benedict Cumberbatch playing a cowboy which really does not sound like an obvious bit of casting but it worked really really well and also had Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee a young actor who is absolutely brilliant and incredibly creepy in this I don't want to give anything away but the ending made me kind of want to punch the air which I, I think I've said before kind of I think it might make me a bit of a psychopath but it was a really really it's a really good movie I love musicals, so I loved West Side Story, the new Steven Spielberg. I thought that was great. And there was just some really fantastic smaller films that might not have got so much attention if it had been a busier year. Judas and the Black Messiah was probably one of those. I don't think it made a great deal of money, but it was a brilliant, brilliant portrait of the Black Panther's local leader, Fred Hampton, and the plot to have him assassinated. And it star daniel kaluuya who is everywhere at the moment amazing actor and also lakeith stanfield who i could probably watch reading the phone book and i saw spider-man last week which is brilliant when you botched that spell where you wanted
1: everyone to forget the peter parker spider-man we started getting some visitors
0: Now, you touched on the sort of reality of artists coming out with something to entertain us through the pandemic. Quite a lot of artwork, whether it was film, music or theatre, was created during lockdown and it
2: helped bring emotion to a lot of pieces, didn't it? It did. And you know what? I think one of the things that really struck me this year when we were able to go back and start experiencing stuff, I hadn't realised just how much I'd missed it I started to feel nourished in a way that I hadn't realized I hadn't done for a long time you know I just just being able to have kind of uh, mutual experiences with people in rooms whether it's the cinema or whether it's at a gig or theatre or or even just in an exhibition it was actually just the most amazing thing you know I mean who knew culture is good for the health you know (laughs) it's really it's something that I think moving forward I think we people the government need to be a bit more conscious of and you know it's not just about how much money the culture sector makes which by the way is absolute shed load when it's functioning but it's also about how important it is for people and an example of that sort of
0: entertainment getting us through tough times, especially over the pandemic, was the success of the likes of Netflix and Disney+. Plus. Streaming shows has become a sort of culture in itself, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, people have really, and the only ways that we were able to come together, which is sort of, you know, on Twitter and, and that kind of thing. Telly, again, has sort of kept us going in the times when we couldn't really do anything else. You know, I mean, I, I think when people were watching Mayor of Easttown week on week, people were getting so excited and kind of wondering what they, you know, who it could have been and, and just really enjoying the performances. It's a Sin was another one, which I think people really came together on and I think still are. And then there's Line of Duty, of course, which sort of knit the country together in, <laughs> in its own kind of mad
1: way. Gail Vela's murder is this force's highest profile investigation.
2: Her life cut short. And whoever did it's go away with it. But yeah, I think that TV has just been, I mean, God knows there's sort of too much of it, but it it really has kept kept us going, I think. And we've all got similar hopes
0: for the new year, but talk us through what is coming up in 2022 to look forward to.
2: First of all, in film, the year kicks off quite well with the new Paul Thomas Anderson, which I think a lot of people are excited about. It's called Licorice Pizza. It's a sort of sweet, 70s set romance between these two, kind of slightly a kind of drifting girl and this rather younger but quite driven young lad. Loads of people adore it. I found it a bit boring, but I think a lot of people are going to really like it, and the performances are absolutely fantastic. In terms of big, kind of splashy blockbusters, there's going to be the Batman, of course. People are waiting for Robert Pattinson's broody, moody Batman. The hell are you supposed to be?
1: I'm vengeance.
2: Top gun Maverick, I think, is probably going to be one of the most anticipated. And then towards the end of the year, we'll see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the sequel. That one is going to be quite exciting. There's going to be an awful lot of telly. Some of the big stuff, I guess, House of the Dragon, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, then you're going to be absolutely beside yourself, probably, about this kind of Targaryen focused spin-off which is set kind of 200 years before Game of Thrones kicked off Bridgerton obviously in terms of theatre there's going to be some great stuff I suppose the biggest thing in terms of returning roles is Mark Rylance coming back to do Jerusalem which I think will be the hottest ticket in town and then also Jodie Comer is gonna have her West End debut. It's pretty ballsy. She's doing a one woman show called Prima Fasci. And if anyone can kind of make that work, I think she probably can. But she's playing a criminal barrister who defends men accused of sexual assault and then experiences it herself. So I think that will be really kind of hard hitting and emotional and just, I would pay almost any kind of money to watch her. There's more on
0: this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's the leader. We're back on Monday at 4pm.
1: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.